will worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. That's what we've come to do today. Worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. I'm so honored to stand before you on this morning. I thank you for inviting me. I thank you for this privilege. I don't count it lightly. Every time I stand before the people of God, I, I'm so grateful that the Lord would allow me to do so. Amen. 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 God's good, brother. Amen. Amen. First, giving honor to the Lord and to Dr. Murphy, to Lady Murphy, to Reverend Chandler, to Sister Pius. I'm not sure. There she is. Thank you so much for inviting me. To all of you, I thank you. To my husband, Bishop Taylor, who is here, my family as well, and I see my aunt in the audience. I'm so grateful. My mother-in-law, my sister-in-law as well. Amen. I'm not going to be before you long this morning, but I do believe that God wants to encourage you today, ladies. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, once again, I thank you for the opportunity to stand before your people. And I ask, oh God, that you would decrease me, oh God, that your anointing will increase and overflow, Lord. I pray, oh God, that you will bless the words that you have given, Lord. This is your word. Father, I pray, oh God, that it will fall upon good ground. And I pray, Father, that this will be the beginning, Lord, for somebody to realize, Father God, that no matter what they're going through, you have it all in control. And so I thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. First of all, I want to say congratulations to the women of Zion for your beautiful Women's Day you are celebrating today. Amen? Give yourselves a hand. This is an exciting time for us women to unite and to bond together, to strengthen one another. This is a time for you to move into a greater understanding of who you are in Christ and to take those steps toward walking in your kingdom purpose. And while we all have some growing to do, when you know that God has a plan for your life and that you're called for a purpose, then you can learn how to move out of the way and let God do what he wants to do in your life. Allow the Lord to bring you through whatever process that he ordains to get you where you are supposed to be. And where he wants you to be, ladies and gentlemen, is a place called maturity. It's a place, ladies, where we learn how to balance our emotions. It's a place where you have become secure in who you are in Christ. And you stand on the authority that he's given you. It's a place where your focus is no longer on yourself, 
but it's on others and how you can be of assistance. I submit today that some of you are budding with new dreams, new ideas, new desires, and new goals. And you are ready for something new. Somebody's ready for something new in here. You've learned the ropes, you've gone through the test, and, and now you're ready to move out a little bit further and see what God has next for you. We can all testify in one way or another that when we look back over our life and we think things over, we know that we have only come this far by faith. And we did it leaning on the Lord. Yes, in our faith walk, we learn how to lean and depend on Jesus. And in those trials, we found out that if we trusted him, that he would provide. Hallelujah. And the culmination of the series of events that has shaped you and molded you is, is pressed you. It's pressed in you and pressed out of you the necessary elements for God's plan for your life. And it's a journey that will continue until we transition to our heavenly home. But now we've come to another year a time to look ahead, a time to plan, a time to prepare for the goals that you want to accomplish, not only personally, but as a sisterhood in Christ. And today, I've simply come to encourage you with these words, stay in faith. Stay in faith. After all, this is how we live as Christians. We live by faith. Verse 7 from your theme verse in 2 Corinthians 5 says, We know the scripture, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Now I'm going to take a few moments to just kind of summarize some things because there's a lot in, in that verse. There's a lot that, that was said before that verse. And I'm going to teach just a little bit on that. Amen? This phrase, we walk by faith and not by sight, is a phrase that really sums up the verses before and even in the two chapters before chapter 5. Paul took the time to explain to the Corinthian people about the sufferings that he had experienced for Christ and the gospel's sake. In chapter 4, between verses 8 and 12, he describes in great detail how he experienced trouble and persecution. But he comes back in those same verses and he says that even though he was troubled, he was not distressed. Even though he was perplexed, he wasn't in despair. Even though he was persecuted, he was not forsaken. And even though he was cast down, he was not destroyed. And from these verses, we learn that there are times in our faith walk with the Lord where we experience trials that seem unfair. 
Yeah, we're doing the right things. We're studying and we're praying and we're giving and we're serving and we're trying to do the right thing, but still, somehow, trials try to attach themselves to our lives and we really don't understand why. Why, Lord? Why? Paul shows us through these verses that when we are faced with these situations, that we need to have another perspective. Because sometimes when life throws the curveball that we were not expecting, it can shake us to our very core. And we begin to start thinking the worst. We begin to get around people who are not strong in faith and and they start telling us things that are so far from the truth. And before you know it, you have abandoned your faith. And you begin to speak only what you see. But we must stay in faith. Because if we faint not, then we're going to experience a victory on the other side of the trial. Amen to help us gain that right perspective. In chapter 4, verses 17 through 18, Paul says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. Paul calls all the trouble and the persecution and the whippings and the beatings and the jail time that he experienced for the gospel's sake, he called those things light afflictions. He called it light afflictions because God had given him a revelation that though his great pain he was experiencing was real, it was only temporary. Amen. It's only temporary, somebody. It's not going to last always. The Lord had put some things in perspective for him. And he showed him that the pain of the temporary cannot compare to the joy of the everlasting. And because of this revelation knowledge, in verse 6, Paul expresses his confidence that even while he was in the body absent from the Lord, he was saying that I can still be confident even though I am going through. He was saying that even though that God showed me that one day I will move into a heavenly dwelling body that's not made by hands, he said, but until that time comes, I will have confidence while I am here in this earthly body. Somebody needs confidence today. Hallelujah. And then in verse 7, he tells us how we can do this. He said we can do it because we walk by faith and not by sight. And that's the place that we must get to, women and men of God. 
We must have faith in what God has said to us and what God has shown us. And we need to allow that faith to give us confidence as we walk through the changing tides of life. Because life is like that ocean wave. Sometimes you're up and sometimes you are down. And the only way that you're going to remain constant is that you must have a revelation. Listen to me carefully. A revelation is the act of revealing or disclosing. It's something revealed or disclosed, especially a striking disclosure as of something not before realized. See, when God gives you a revelation, then you can walk through the storm with confidence. The question is, do you believe this? Do you believe this? Many of us are being crushed under the weight of our trials because we don't yet have a revelation. See, when God shows you that the end of your sufferings is going to produce a harvest of joy and blessing like you've never known, then that will boost your confidence. You will view your trials differently because you know that God has given you a peace, an understanding that everything is going to be all right. I don't know what revelation you need today, but I encourage you to go back and ask the Lord. Go back in prayer and ask God to show you what you need to see, what you need to understand in the season that you're in in your life today. The songwriter had a revelation when he penned, I'm so glad that trouble don't last always. And then he borrowed a line from David where he said, weeping may endure for a night. And he came back and said, keep the faith because it will be all right. <laughs> Amen. Keep the faith. It'll be all right. See, if you stay in faith and you don't focus on what you see, then God will allow you to experience the joy of the other side. But I want you to tell your neighbor this. Tell him, neighbor, the other side is not just in the sweet by and by, but the other side you can experience is right now. Hallelujah, because right now you are a conqueror. Hallelujah, despite how you feel. Right now, you are a conqueror, despite what it looks like. Right now, I said right now, you have the victory, mm, even while the storm is still raging. 
And as a matter of fact, Paul told us in Romans 8 and 37, he said, not only are we conquerors, but we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And that's the word that you need to encourage yourself with. When you're going through the trial and you feel like you're being conquered, you need to remember that you are more than a conqueror. You need to open up your mouth and say, I am more than a conqueror over this situation. Hallelujah. Declare who God said that you are. See, God has great plans for each one of you, but you must stay in faith. You must stay in faith. Staying in faith means I don't see anything, but I still believe. Staying in faith says, God, I believe that you're there even though I can't see you. Staying in faith says, God, I know that you will, even though I don't know how or when. Staying in faith, that's faith. That's you trusting in the Lord. Amen. I'm coming to a quick conclusion. But I want to say, women of Zion, you have an important assignment. You are called together as a company of women to serve one another and the greater needs of those that God has put in your path. I want to say that there are leaders among you. There are strong ones among you, and we've seen them this morning. Uh, these strong women of God, you need to allow your faith walk to be seen because there's somebody that doesn't know Jesus. And the only way they're going to see him is through you. And you must stay in faith. Women of God, deepen your bond of your sisterhood. Because what you're called to do, you must do it together. You must show your children and your grandchildren, your neighbors and your co-workers, the young women in the church that are coming up and even the stranger on the street, what it means to have faith in God. Zion, the community, needs you. They need you. Virtuous women of God, I want to say to you, it's time for you to rise up. It's time for you to be about your father's business. Uh, because the hour is growing and drawing near to the end. Hallelujah. And God needs us to be lights in this dark world. I want to encourage you and let you know, don't allow your mountains that you see to frighten you. Don't be afraid of the dark. Because you have the glorious light of Jesus Christ shining in you. Amen? Amen. Don't allow any obstacle that you see to cause you to doubt the power of our mighty God. God can do anything. We must believe. And finally, I want to say to all of Zion, work as a team and play by the rules. See, in every sport, there are rules. 
basketball has rules and, and baseball has rules. And just as each team member must play by the rules of their game, so must we as Christians live by the rules of faith. And the only way that you're going to be successful is that you must study the playbook. And the playbook is the word of God. Amen. Yes, hallelujah. And one of the main ways that you grow strong in faith is by studying the moves of the champions of the scripture. Study how Abraham used his faith. Study how David used his faith. Study how Esther used her faith. Watch and see how Deborah used her faith. And when you feel like you're sinking under the weight of the trial and you can't see a clear path to victory, pick up the playbook. Study the hall of faith in Hebrews 11. Hallelujah, and encourage yourself in the Lord, your God. Hallelujah, because the Bible is true. When you have faith in the Lord, the Bible says in Daniel, they that know their God will do great exploits. Hallelujah, and so you must study the playbook. And so Zion, I want you to be encouraged this morning that the work that God has begun in you, he will finish it. But you must stay in faith. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs>